Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Parenting Pickup, a podcast simply made to help families with trending topics and so much more. We are positive you will pick up tidbits of helpful tips, tricks, activities, and advice when listening to our podcast. I'm your host, Kara. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Parenting Pickup. We are excited to have Diana Babcock, Director of Sing, Play, Learn at McPhail Center for Music. She's on our podcast today to explain why music is essential and beneficial in early childhood. Welcome, Diana. Hi there. Thank you so much for inviting me today, Kara. Absolutely. As many families um, listening and those who attend our schools know, we love your enrichment programs and the children love it even more. Um, It's incredible seeing the musical capabilities of children enrolled in your programs and how they benefit other areas of life. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. But let's start by getting to know you. Yeah, my name is Diana Babcock. I've been in early childhood education slash music for, I don't know, I think 36 years now. Um, I have a background in music and psychology and early childhood education. And I I did um, work as a family daycare provider. I was a toddler teacher, a preschool teacher. And in that time period, I started finding, uh, you know, was also working at McPhail and um, and started really realizing the benefits of music and early childhood education. So I've been at McPhail for about 33 years and the director for the last 24 years. Wow, that's an impressive background for sure. Um, and with lots of knowledge. Could you kind of give us an overview of, of McPhail for those who are familiar with McPhail Music? Absolutely. So McPhail Center for Music is a community music school. We've been around since 1907, so almost 117 years old. So one of the oldest and one of the largest community music schools in the nation. Um, we have about 15,000 students annually. And they're all over the state of Minnesota. We have some in our online programming that are still out-state and beyond. Um, So, um, like I said, a community music school, we're for all ages. We start at six weeks of age and go up through 100-plus years old. So there's something for everybody in all our various programs. Um, We have our early childhood music program, which I'm here to talk about today, Sing, Play, Learn. Um, We have our music therapy program, uh, Music for Life, which is our senior citizen program, um, community partnerships, and um, individual lessons, group lessons, Suzuki Talent Education, and just keeps going on and on. There's just a lot of different programming at McPhail. And like I said, we're all across the state. Our main locations are Minneapolis, Apple Valley, Chanhassen, Austin, Minnesota, and uh, Madeline Island, which is a newer one, up in Wisconsin. Um, But then we are also at um, over about 150 partnership locations. We're in ourselves, uh, Sing, Play, Learn, we're about 100 locations a week, which is kind of (laughs) nuts. Wow, that's super impressive. That's a lot of locations. Yeah. Um, And I love that there's music for, you know, kind of six weeks through, you know, through senior citizen, which is really wonderful. I would love to learn more about why is music important in early childhood? Sure, sure. So in our Sing, Play, Learn program, like I'll just tell you really quick about that. We started in 1968. We work with about 4,000 students a year. And we believe that um, music is so important because it helps so much with development um, and it's play-based. So our program is engaging, it's developmentally appropriate, play-based, sequential. 
um, and we work with six weeks to eight years. So um, our teachers are um, trained, highly trained, and we have, a, like I said, a lot of locations. Um, but in the important things about music and development. So music is a natural way for young children to explore their world. You know, you hear kids run around and sing. They're kind of sing-songy as they're playing. Rhythm is a part of their being, um, and that starts even before they're born with the maternal heartbeat, that steady beat is always there. And so um, music and rhythm really helps them to get through the day. Um, it creates excitement and engagement, and it creates a calming, grounding feeling. So with it being novel and interesting and fun, it gets kids' attention, which we know then helps them to learn. If they can focus, they can learn. And it engages both sides of the brain, which a lot of people don't know. It's one of the very few things that actually engages both sides of the brain all the time. And so, you know, when we're using music, we're building more neural connections um, and, and just really building up that brain to be ready to learn and continue to learn. Um, it enhances all areas of development, too. So social, emotional, cognitive language, um, kinesthetic, motor, and creative, and critical thinking skills. And even more important, on top of that is executive functioning skills. So we're really building those skills for kids to be able to attend, to learn, and the results are lifelong. That's amazing. And it's fascinating to realize utilizing both sides of the brain and then just all the different domains that it helps enhance. I never even thought of that. I just kind of thought of like the language skills, but it's so much more than that. That's quite impressive. Absolutely. So yeah, we're working on cooperation with social emotional, again, emotion regulation. That's a huge thing. Um, we actually just recently um, published a research project on how music impacts executive functioning skills, in particular emotion regulation and um, self-regulation. And so you need that, again, to be able to co-regulate as well and be able to learn. So when we're doing those things, we're helping not only our, you know, the kids, but also ourselves. But there's just so much that happens with music and development. I could probably talk for hours about that. <laughs> it's just amazing to think about just all those positive impacts that it has. And starting young probably has a big impact lifelong as well. I believe so. I mean, I think, again, music is a part of our world. I mean, there's, there, there are sounds and experiences that our children can experience from before they're born. And so just providing those opportunities is important to then key into it. And we know that, you know, 90% of a child's brain develops before age five or, or six. And so, you know, we need to key into that. And music is an amazing tool to be able to do that. So starting early is, is great. It gives you tools as well to be able to build those skills and help, help children deal with stress and learning and everything. Agreed. Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, there's so many benefits of music, which is great. Um, what would you say about children six weeks to three years old? Why is music important for children at that age? Sure. Um, so I kind of, I, I think of it, I broke it up into babies, toddlers, and young preschoolers. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so um, I think that, um, again, with, with babies, um, it's so important to provide opportunities with music. I think um, in, our, in our classes, for example, we're really building on um, facilitating ideas for the parents and the teachers and, you know, caregivers that we work with. But it provides opportunities for bonding, again, 
the rocking motion, the singing of, of songs together, the calming, a physical calming. Um, you can add music with baby massage. And, and, and you know, I'm talking about just singing because, you know, babies need to hear your voice. They, they remember that if you're the mother, maternal or, or otherwise, they're going to have experienced those sounds in utero. Um, language development with babies as well, um, receptive and expressive language. I like to um, imitate a baby's sounds, like they're, you know, if they're saying mama or, or I don't know, raspberry sounds or whatever, you know, the, the, oh, the sure. sounds that babies make, um, but use that as a song. And so picking a familiar tune and using that. So we're reinforcing their language development um, rather than us, them always expecting to, you know, us, re them to respond to us. So, um, you know, singing about what's happening. And I would say that for infants, toddlers, all ages, singing about what's happening. So using music as a directive um, to help, again, ease through the transition, to label it and name it. Like I'm changing your diaper, but I'm using a tune to that, like maybe Twinkle Twinkle um, and changing the words. But there's just so much. Visual tracking, I could go on and on again with babies. Um, with toddlers, um, they are so busy. They They're just are. moving, moving, moving. <laughs> and so keying into that and using music and movement to really help to reinforce that need to move. Again, steady beat and rhythm are a key to that. And um, it helps the calm and ground, but it also helps to energize and focus. So um, um, using um, music to build language development, too, and you mentioned that, that is a key. Um, and we know that music helps with pre-literacy skills, and um, language development is a, a part of that, obviously. So um, labeling body parts, um, making associations with maybe a higher pitch in your head and a lower pitch in your feet, so naming it. Um, also um, naming, you know, I like to say with toddlers is making it very concrete. So if you're singing about something, you better have something to identify with it. Like if you're singing about a cow, you may not be able to bring a cow into the classroom. Maybe you could. You could go visit a cow. Um, but have a, a prop or something that you're, um, you're singing about the cow so that they understand, oh, a cow, and make those associations then with the sounds too. Working with daily routines, it really helps to ease transitions. Um, it's, um, again, toddlers are beings of ritual, as we know. I, I love toddlers. That was always been my favorite age group to work with. <laughs> um, but they need predictability. And we do, too. Absolutely. You know, if, if you don't have, for example, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I like tea. You know, if you don't have your caffeine in the morning that you're used to, it's really hard to get through the day. And so um, music is a great tool to be able to ease those transi transitions to help you relax and focus and be able to deal with it and problem solve. So with toddlers, yeah, adding a song to deal with the changes in the routine, that's huge. And then you're out and about singing about at the grocery store dealing with, you know, what what's happening. Um, building your fine and gross motor development, and then um, a lot with cognition and contrasting sounds and objects and motions and, again, adding those real concrete props and experiences and instruments and things that they can identify with. So musical concept awareness really starts to begin even more with toddlers. And then young preschoolers, music helps to build independence. 
um, independent singing. And we know that as they get to be three and four, they're they're pretty darn independent. Well, they start even earlier. They do. <laughs> that, you know, um, so providing opportunities for them as babies and on up of, you know, exploring rhythm instruments and different sounds and textures, building their confidence, their cognition, again, comparing and contrasting, adding descriptive words with preschoolers, especially like it's a very scratchy sound or it's a bumpy sound or, you know, you get the idea. Yes. Um, cooperation and friendships. So that we start to see a, a lot more of that with the young preschoolers. And so using musical games and opportunities to, for turn taking to really help to build those skills and build confidence with that, too. Um Critical thinking with problem solving. There's a lot of things that it helps, obviously. I'm not going to say all of them because I could go on again. But imagination, creativity, listening skills, really being able to discriminate and um, decipher and, and again, describe what that is. Um, Vocabulary. And I I think a a cool thing is, um, is then taking that understanding of musical concepts, and I'm talking about, like, the contrast between loud and quiet, adding the vocabulary to it, like forte and piano for loud is forte, piano is quiet, Um, adding those musical concepts that they're learning and then applying them. Um, With the preschoolers, we do a lot of things with patterns, and that's something we know makes a difference with pre-math skills and pre-literacy skills and, you know, the whole gamut. And so finding patterns in their world by learning about it through music and listening and how music is set up in patterns. And so we do a lot of that. And that's fun to see um, the application of that outside of the music class, you know, or musical experiences. It's just like I can see patterns on the wall right now, um, you know, and, and singing about that and experiencing that through songs and books and and rhymes and instruments and Everything. So, and then again, you know, symbol and shape recognition, letter recognition. You can do that with rhythm instruments like rhythm sticks, or um, again, identifying those things by finding them out and singing about them, um, singing about writing your name. Um, again, it's an engaging experience that builds a lot of skills. I, I'm just right now just overwhelmed with thoughts of how <laughs> it's many a lot of information and yeah. just how many skills can be developed through music. It's really powerful. And it's from things like I think back to my own children where we would sing the cleanup song. And that was a great reminder that it's time to clean up and they would just know what to do after we had done it so many times. But then thinking about all the other learning that happens, like the patterns and the the you know pre-math skills and and language skills and cognitive and kind of that social emotional development. It, it really is. Music is kind of all things to all people and can offer so much, which is quite impressive. Absolutely. I think the unfortunate thing is a lot of times it's seen as kind of an extra fluff and it's just something fun, but it actually is, it's it's a part of our, our being and our body, just with our heartbeat. It's 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 there and um, it's everywhere. I mean, I can, you can hear buzzing sounds in here now. <laughs> it's it, everywhere. It is everywhere. <laughs> so, and I think yeah. a lot of people get stuck with thinking that, oh, well, I shouldn't sing because I don't have a great voice. Um, Like, I will never sing on this podcast because my voice is absolutely horrible and everyone will tune out. But I think a lot of people get stuck with that. But I think hearing all these benefits, I don't think children care what your voice sounds like. Absolutely not. And that's something that, so we do a lot of training with early childhood educators. And that's a big thing. And that's usually a big barrier is that um, everyone thinks they need to be um, Beyonce or an opera star or, um, 
you name it, you know, any of the um, Taylor Swift, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but the children don't care. I, they don't. They want to experience that with you know, with you. And, and again, when you do the, do those things, when you're singing and, and say you're stressed in the classroom, maybe there's just a lot going on in the classroom. Um, step back, take a breath and start singing a song. You're going to calm the children. Again, they're not going to care what you sound like. It doesn't happen until they're teenagers. Right. Then I got, then I got critiqued, um, <laughs> myself from my kids, but, um, and then you're co-regulating too. Because it's, it just, again, it, there's no way you cannot, it's the breathing aspect. It helps to actually physiologically calm your body. And so you're going to regulate and be able to deal with the situation better rather than talking. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Because you can keep just going up and up and up. Many of us adults could probably use that in the car with road rage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really helpful just to kind of sing and calm yourself down. But what a great technique to help parents and children learn how to do that that kind of self-regulation and, and work on those kind of executive functioning skills. What what wonderful tips and great benefits of music. Um Tell us more about what happens in the music class and what learning is taking place. Sure. So, um, so we have our, so like I said, our program is called Sing, Play, Learn with McPhail. When we go to New Horizon Academy, which is one of our partners at various locations, um, we call it Music with McPhail. Just a little twist on the, <laughs> the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do that's, I think, unique is that we teach through an integrated arts format. Um, so... We believe in the whole child, child-centered learning, um, and everybody learns in different ways. So we provide opportunities for children and the adults that are that are around us and or participating um, through the different modalities that we learn. So through songs, through rhymes, literature, creative movement, creative dramatics, visual art, sensory exploration, and of course, instrument exploration. Um, there are all those different ways that we can learn and experience music. Um, So those opportunities are then provided and tailored to meet each group or individual needs situation. So we really pride our teachers in how they're trained and how they are able to really adapt and provide the best experience for each child and group. So um, and then within that, um, they're learning about musical concepts. So we might, we're going to have a theme, like maybe right now it might be winter, even though it's not really winter outside right now, even though it should be. Um, So we might be singing snow songs, but we're going to add to that a musical concept. So we've got a concrete theme of winter or snowflakes, we'll say. Snowflakes tend to fall down, but sometimes they move around. And so we're going to use music in a melodic way. So, you know, doing um, ascending and descending scales, so going up and down, um, pitch, and exploring that, moving their bodies like a snowflake, experiencing different sounds that might sound like a snowflake, like metallic sounds, like triangles and bells and finger cymbals, and adding in some larger instruments that, um, like a violin or something that might you might be able to feel that feeling, adding a story. Um, and with our classes at our main sites, we're going to have visual art as well to experience it. At New Horizon Academy, we, we keep it without the art just because... It's a shorter time, sure. time span, but opportunities for them to explore those concepts and bring them to life and in a concrete way. 
Um, and again, the classes are developmentally appropriate, and we always are trying to make sure we're very inclusive and in providing opportunities for all children to be successful. Um, and what learning is taking place is all the things we've been talking about, um, the social-emotional learning, turn-taking, cooperation, um, learn language skills, receptive and expressive uh, cognitive skills with their, again, comparing and contrasting and Again, there's just so many things there. Um, lots of motoric skills, so fine motor with the different instruments and props. Um, large motor, obviously. Coordination, um, creativity. Lots of opportunities to improvise and be creative um, because their ideas are the best. And, you know, the kids. And they can provide so many different ways of playing even um, rhythm sticks that we might never think of ourselves. Um, so listening to that. And, and the big one, again, is executive functioning, really, you know, keying into how to self-regulate working memory and um, help them to be prepared and, and lifelong learners. That's all just fascinating and wonderful. I love the idea that you kind of meet children where they're at and help them grow and develop um, through music. That's just powerful. Dana, what would you share and recommend for parents, uh, what can they do at home to kind of bring music into their child's life? Yes. One thing is to sing. Sing, sing, sing. <laughs> sing with your child. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, start by chanting and steady beats. Keep steady beats on your child and yourself and, and you know, find ways to feel more comfortable with that. And then just kind of start experimenting with vocal play and sounds. Um, add music to daily activities. So, at home, when you're out and about, if you're shopping at the grocery store, if you're getting in the car, again, use music as a tool to ease transitions, to sing about what you're doing. So you're building, again, language skills, um, receptive and expressive. Um, so find ways to do that. Um, find ways to find musical music in your environment, you know, like going to the park. What, what can you find that's musical? It's everywhere. You know, pick up a stick and like the book, The Snowy Day by Ezra Keats, pick a stick and, and tap the fence or um, tap your feet, tap the floor. Anyway, find different ways that you can explore and discover music in your environment and your world. Um, add a chant and attune to your favorite stories. So I, as a parent and a teacher, I always loved adding music to books because it keeps their attention for one thing. It keeps my attention more. I get tired of hearing myself talk like now, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, so finding ways to add music, whether it's a steady beat chant, whether it's singing a song to it. There are lots of books that have songs too. Um, adding listening selections in the background. You can do that, you know, especially with um, instrumental music. And, and add that to the storyline. And that's just going to make it so much richer. All of those things make it so much more interesting. Um, go to concerts. Listen to music and listen to different styles of music. We tend to get stuck in one style that we like, and I'm guilty of that too. Um, but really kind of expand your horizon with different genres of music. And it doesn't have to be kids' music. Kids should be listening to all different kinds of music from all different kinds of genres. Absolutely. I think parents will be happy to hear that because sometimes children's music is not the most ple pleasing for adults. No. <laughs> no. 
it gets kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it ear candy sometimes. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Um, so yeah, and it's, and the rhythms and the different pitches and the different sounds and instrumentation in, in variety of music like jazz and blues and hip hop and, Oh, I don't know. There's just so many. There's no way to get to all of them. But just um, find different ways and kind of so open up your musical palette and do that with your child and dance and move together. Um, make your homemade own homemade instruments. That's something that always comes up. But you know, again, yeah, pull out your pots and pans. And and um, my mother-in-law, my my husband is a percussionist, and my mother-in-law still talks about that he, she would let him open up the cupboards. I don't know how often. I'm sure she probably didn't do it all the time, but um, when she was in there cooking and let him just go to town and, you know, he plays the drum set and all percussion instruments. And it was just kind of, again, there, opportunity. Let those opportunities happen. Be silly, play vocal games, and just have fun. Have fun with music. Yeah, these are all really easy things to do. Like, Diana, you didn't say, like, oh, buy a piano, play the violin. Like, all the things are things that I think as parents we naturally tend to do. And if we're just more intentional, we can really help children develop those important life skills that they need. Because opening up a cabinet or giving your child a, some wooden spoons and a pot that, that they can bang on and, and play with, that's great musical entertainment. Or singing with them or, you know, picking up a stick, like you said, and hitting the fence or the playground and just hearing the sounds it makes. Those are all really simple things families can do. And I love the idea of adding, you know, music to um, books that you're reading because a lot of books lend themselves to that pretty easily with repetition and things that you could sing and um, really wonderful, easy ideas that I think our, our listeners and parents will really appreciate. Let me ask you this. What are some resources parents can access to help their child with music? Sure. Um, so I will mention a few that we have on our a McPhail website because they're, um, I think, great resources. We have a section on our website called Read, Watch, and Listen. And that one is, um, it's you can look by age group or specific topic. Um, if you go to the Sing, Play, Learn portion, um, you will see many videos on ideas of how to do some simple musical activities at home. Or there's one where two teachers are singing to llamas. Oh, fun. And then they read one of the llama books, Llama Llama something Mama. I can't remember the name of it, but you sure. probably know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, so just taking music, again, we call it taking music home, but just opportunities to, and also opportunities to learn about the benefits of music. And it'll go into different developmental areas, um, dealing with stress with music, um, sleep hygiene. That gets talked about in there, too. We have a couple about that, too, about helping to calm down and, and make music a part of those sleep rituals. We as parents probably do but don't even realize it, but just really making making it like, oh, I'm doing something that's, you know, identifying that it's a good thing. Absolutely. So, so there's a lot of resources. Also, um, we have a free family concert series. There's one coming up on January 20th if you're in the metro area in Minneapolis. <laughs> um you're welcome to come to that. But um, Spotify, too. I mean, talking about listening to different genres of music, that is just a goldmine. Um, our teachers are, we've really became more and more familiar with it the last couple years. Um, and actually, during COVID, 
when we were doing more online things. Um, but um, there's just so much. It's just amazing. So, you know, go to Spotify and and um, you can get it for free. It will have commercials, but you can do that and then just explore different types of genres and see what your child likes. See what you like and dance to that. And then, you know, of course, you're welcome to come take classes with us at our partnerships, um, New Horizon Academy, at our main locations, and really get immersed with music and development and lots of instrument play. That's wonderful. I just love all the resources that you have for parents. It's just incredible. I think everything from the, the, the videos to the classes, the kind of free concerts, what wonderful, wonderful opportunities to help uh, parents kind of immerse their children in music and give them that nice introduction, which is fantastic. So thank you for sharing all those wonderful ideas. Yeah. And there is much more. These are just a few. (laughs) Right. That's wonderful. Thank you. Well, we're kind of at the point in the podcast where we have questions from families. And so um, I'll kind of jump right in. So we have a question from Julie. And Julie asked, when is it a good time to introduce a musical instrument? And then what instrument and why? Okay. That's tricky um, because it really depends on the instrument. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But um, my suggestions are to, you know, well, first of all, introduce your child to music right away, even before they're born. Just make it a part of your day. Um, As far as an instrument, um, rhythm instruments are great to start with again. Again, that's a very accessible opportunity. So shakers, sticks, um, bells, drums, there's just so many. And then start introducing some larger instruments. Again, as you're able to in opportunities, whether it's listening or experiencing it, um, go to early childhood music classes. It's a great way to get started. Um, sing to your child at home. But then when you're ready for more formal instrument study, is, is what I think the question is probably more geared towards, is, um, again, it depends on the instrument. But a couple things I, I remember with my kids, and then I'll get into some ages and some details, but um, my son, who's 30, plays the trumpet. But he doesn't anymore, unfortunately. I'll just have to be honest with you. But he did all through school, you know, through high school and beyond. Um, and my other son played the saxophone. And the way that I found out what they liked was, first of all, they did all these different things. You know, music was just a part of our life, and they went to classes and, and things like that. But I noticed that both of them really were, were in tune to the, the timbre or the sound of those instruments, Um, And that's something that parents might notice, like my son who plays the trumpet, he heard trumpet on TV when he was not even walking yet, and he just crawled over there and sat there. And so, you know, I think that, you know, being in tune to that interest, um, my other son really liked the saxophone and all the music that he heard, and so it it was helpful. But to get to that point, they were obviously too young to play the trumpet and the saxophone. Sure. At those ages. Right. (laughs) Um... So with that, um, I think, you know, a, a good first instrument, maybe even before piano, because I'm going to talk about piano a little bit, is um, something like the ukulele. We have a ukulele in more class at McPhail, and it's a great even precursor to piano because it's so accessible. Um, I love to play the ukulele, too, because it's so easy to just really don't even have to 
play chords. You can just strum and get a nice sound. Um, and it also helps with fine motor skills and much more. But that's kind of, that's a nice accessible instrument, and it's not expensive. You can get a pretty cheap one. But for piano is really a great foundational instrument, really, if you're, you know, wanting more and to get ready for, let's say, the trumpet or the saxophone or the violin or whatever. Piano is great because it's accessible. It's visually accessible. Right there, you can see what's happening as you're doing it. Um, it's tactile, and it's, again, a lot of um, band programs will have that as a prerequisite. They'll say, you need to take so many, especially if you're a percussionist. Piano is also a percussion instrument. Um, you need to take two years of piano or something like that. And, you know, it'll vary at places. But it's, again, very accessible, and it it responds to you. All you have to do is touch it. <laughs> so... Um, Another method is um, the Suzuki method, Suzuki Talent Education, and that starts at three. Um, at three years old or four years old, you can learn how to play the violin, um, and five is the piano. But um, again, piano's a great start. Ukulele, expose them to rhythm instruments, let them really explore and kind of see what interests them and give them those opportunities. That's all wonderful advice. Um, the next question is from Max. And Max says, I have friends who have started classes with their infants, and I'm considering getting my child involved. What would be the benefit of starting music class early? Okay. Um, so I'll go back to some things we said before about the benefits of music. It is a whole brain experience. Um, you are you are not only building your, your baby's musical skills, but you're also getting ideas on how to use music at home. Um, we consider ourselves the teacher's facilitators on how to um, provide those opportunities at home and out and about because there is going to be stress. There's going to be a need for excitement and for calming. And music, again, as we know, builds so many skills. Um, so the benefits are, you know, integrating music at home to ease transition, set up routines with music, building those language skills, which, again, um, music, as we said before, is just such an amazing tool to be able to do that. And so we are respecting and responding to the baby, and they are in turn responding, you know, back and forth. Um, group learning skills. So babies, um, we, you know, uh, there are a lot, a lot of babies are in a daycare setting, so they're getting that as well. But music, again, adds another layer to that. And so they're really learning how to play together together with um, their peers and the other adults in the class. And it's just, it's fun. I mean, it's so much fun to watch the baby classes. The bonding experiences. So again, I think, you know, the parents that I see really come away with a lot of ideas on how to really make a strong bond and attachment with their baby with music and provide those, again, experiences. Um, and again, music is so natural. It's, it's there already. So providing them with the opportunities to really experience it and learn and grow. Wonderful. And then our final question is from Dana. And Dana said, I've heard that music can be therapeutic. How can I utilize music to help my children calm down or heal them? So um, again, music is a great regulator. And it comes back to um, how musical activities can help to ground and center a child and the corresponding adult, so co-regulating. Um, that steady beat, again, is it's just a part of your being. And if you're off 
you know, you're just angry and frustrated and, you know, the, the regulation of your body is just un- dysregulated. And so your heartbeat might be faster, for example. Your cortisol levels are probably elevated. And so music helps to, again, ground and calm so that they're able to um, relax and focus. Um, like I said, it helps everybody involved. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, scientific things we could talk about, like polyvagal theory and a, bu- a bunch of other stuff. But the main premise is that it's just such a grounding activity and it's fun and it helps to focus that it will help your child to calm down. So adding a song to sing about directives is a great way to do that. Um, if a child is having some issues with um, transitions, I mean, I always come back to that because we know transitions are so hard, is singing through the transition and, and adding in some um, deep pressure kind of hugs and, you know, rocking. The combination of music and rocking and, and, and some deep pressure feels, um, you know, even just press, pressing their arms when you're um, hugging them and singing will help to calm and, again, regulate their bodies and their systems. Um, and there's just so much more you can do. But it, it is a great tool. And it, it, I mean, I've seen it personally happen so many times. My, my son who has, I have a son that has special needs, is 30. Um, he's very, uh, very happy, successful. He works. He's a coach. He just, he's, but as a child, when he was a toddler, it was hard. He really struggled with regulating his his impulses, and um, he would get stressed out pretty easily. And so, singing and rocking, and really just kind of holding him tight, it made a difference. And the music, I think, was the key to that because it already helped him to calm and and be able to then kind of be okay with, okay, we're moving, she's holding me, and, you know, we would we would sing together, so. Oh, that's beautiful, and it, it totally makes sense that it would be that calming and helping you regulate. That's absolutely fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being on the Pitching Pickup podcast as our special guest, Diana. This was just amazing. I think you've given parents a plethora of of reasons why music is so important and resources and tools that they can use to add music to their child's life. So thank you for being with us. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you so much as well. If you would like more information on this episode or need access to other resources mentioned, head to our website at newhorizonacademy.net. And if you have questions, please email us at parentingpickup at nhacademy.net. Thanks and have a great day.